It's Sully from the Blue Line Hockey Club podcast. Tonight's episode is brought to you by KingTutGraphics.com. Are you looking for a better way to promote your business? Have you ever thought about a new sign, window film, clear coat, or even wrapping your vehicle? Think about it. All the time you spend in your car driving around Raleigh, North Carolina, a vehicle wrap can be working right alongside you. A clear branding strategy can make the difference between your next call or not. If you're in Raleigh, North Carolina, check them out at KingTutGraphics.com. Your satisfaction with their products and service is guaranteed. So go online to KingTutGraphics.com and check them out. Get a free quote and get started with KingTutGraphics.com. Hello, welcome back to the Blue Line Hockey Club, folks. We have episode 75 tonight. We have all the usual suspects except for D-Train tonight. We have our producer, Patrick Uncle Lardy Sullivan. What's up, Patrick? Aloha. Alert on staff, the IT guy, Robbie Pete Peters. What's up, Pete? Hey, how you mama now? And your host of the Blue Line Hockey Club tonight, Mark the Doctor Morley. Oh, doctor. Meow. And we have our NHL news tonight, brought to you by Sauce Toss and Brandonville Lids. All right, boys, uh, we are one short tonight. We have Derek D-Train Hitu um, playing hooky. His cat was sick. Well, his cat was sick. I had a stomach ache and I guess was puking all over. So he's been, uh, I guess, I found a new way to nurse a cat through his own nipples. <laughs> he's breastfeeding him. Oh, God. I, I mean, kudos to him if that's what he has to do to help his cat get back. But I would never let a cat suck on my nipple. <laughs> Yeah, he's a real animal lover, so I can see that happening right now. Maybe we can get some video footage of that and get it on our YouTube channel. We'll have to put something up, yes. Always been into PETA and donates money to him. (laughs) Always just out there for the animals. Yep, specialty milking them. Speaking of milking them, boys, uh, let's get into what's going on up in the NHL news. (laughs) And... uh, we got a little bit going on with some RFA signings, and we got some controversy with some, I don't know if they call it arrest with Austin Matthews or disorderly conduct or whatever the hell they call that in Summons. Canada. I mean, you guys saw what happened, Water right? under the bridge for us. Water under the bridge for us three knuckleheads. Yeah, I thought it was just an, you know, that was pretty PG in my understanding. I think he kept its underwear on. I actually... I mean, we used to spit tobacco chew in the library books. I mean, it's kind of on the same page as that. Who gives a fuck? Um, it's just they blew it out of proportion, right? So he's awesome, Matthews. Yeah. But, you know, with that said, he's been in the uh, spotlight here for a couple of weeks, you know, with that. Reading the back of the kid's jersey there, the AHL player trying to make his way up into the NHL, kind of ruffled some feathers. And now this disorderly conduct. For all the listeners, Austin Matthews got uh, um, somewhat of a ticket or arrested. Did he get arrested? I don't think he was putting cuffs. Just a little disorderly ticket. Disorderly conduct. Um, coming home from the bars, uh, I guess he said his words that he thought it would be funny. He wanted to see what the reaction would be of the security guard in the apartment complex or condo complex if he tried to open the door. Um, it was a female. She wasn't too uh, fond of it. Probably had 
so much words when she got out of the car. And as Austin Matthews was walking away, there's two stories. I guess the video camera shows um, his pants down to his ankles as he's walking away with his underwear on. And then there's someone or somewhere in the uh, report says that he pulled his underwear down and grabbed his ass cheek. So um, we'll see what comes out. Either way, fucking water under the bridge. <laughs> yeah. Who gives it a shit? It's kind of mild. I mean, whatever. It's kind of like the show me your tits thing, right? Who gives a shit? I mean, in our opinion, so like, do we think any more or less of Austin Matthews or is he just a guy out there joking around having fun? I mean, what is what it is? Yeah, I mean, there's two yeah. sides to that. First, I don't care. The second is <laughs> he can afford to basically, you know, immediately squash it. It's not even can he afford it. Can, can he be human? Well, can he that, get fucked up I, one night? That's and what I mean. He didn't, yeah. He can't, can he just, you know, get fucked up and... Do something stupid. I mean, who hasn't done that? And it's not even that bad. I mean, compared to us three knuckleheads, we all three should be dead. <laughs> he's still young. He's trying to have a good time. And, you know, they're they're still doing, you know, they're, they're like you all said, it's PG that what they're doing. So I mean, was, was he yeah. 23? And, and he was 22. Yeah. He was a pretty apologetic, too. I mean, he's pretty upset that it's, you know, taken away from the Toronto Maple Leafs, you know, he, you know, just regrets that he has any distractions away from the Maple Leafs and all that stuff. So, um, I mean, in, you know, knowing, um, Austin Matthews, you know, being at the development program with my nephews, um, he's not a big drinker and I, I, he doesn't drink that much. So, um, he probably won't drink for a while now, but he, he's not a big drinker. So, I mean, if he gets, you know, intoxicated every once in a while, and uh, this might happen. So, just does have a towel in it. So, whoop-de-doo, who gives a fuck? Yeah, so I'm, I'm in the same same boat there. I mean, it just under a microscope, some of these guys, what we talked about the last couple podcasts, too, is that he's in Toronto. If he was in a different city, if he was in maybe uh, Fort Lauderdale or somewhere else, they might not even know who he is. Um, even though he is yeah. a huge name, Dallas. you know, if he's in a, in a city that's not a Canadian city, do they even pick it up? So, <laughs> yeah, right. That's a fair point. Yeah. I mean, depending on who the officer is, officer is in the United States, if they're not a hockey fan, they don't know who Austin Matthews is, you know? Yeah. And what is the United States? What, what's the hockey population fan or the hockey fan population? Is it like fucking 25%? Yeah, I mean. Can, we, can you say that? That are following it. I mean, no. you're probably even a little on the high end, I would think. <laughs> you know, to be honest, really. I mean, if you take 350 million people, yeah. you might have, I don't think you have uh, more than 50 million fans, maybe. Maybe, maybe you do. But that's a fraction. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think there's that many. Well, we have another. We can. Bob, not, Rob can look that not up. Not diehard. What's that? I mean, not any diehard fans that would know him at a lineup. I mean, like, Rob and I were at Dull Shack last weekend here in uh, Raleigh, and I saw Tyler Hansborough. He was in the uh, gallery next to me. And, and I, I shouldn't say that. A lot of people were going up to him and asking him for his picture. Um, which he didn't do, by the way, but uh, <laughs> um, 
I noticed him right away just because, you know, I like, I watch Sports Center. I'm big jock, like sports. But yeah, just to the point that if Austin Matthew wasn't in Toronto, if he was in Dallas or San Jose or LA, no one would know. Yeah, and, and a good point there. Um, you're going to have to help me because I'm blanking on his name. Um, he just came from Toronto to Carolina. And I think I showed you guys the article about how his first media experience, one of the fans asked him to take a picture of of the fan and the mascot. Didn't even realize who he was. Uh, you saw that, right, Rob? Yeah. I, yeah, it was a kid going from Carolina. Yeah. He left Carolina. I forget where he went to. But, yeah, they, someone asked him to take a picture of him in the uh, – um, Gardner. Gardner, yeah. Jake Gar- oh, you're right. Jake Gardner from Toronto to... Toronto to Carolina. Raleigh. Yeah, And yeah. that was basically exactly what he was talking about, is going from this limelight of everybody knows yeah. who you are yeah. to the guy that's at an event for... He's a hockey fan at the event for the Carolina uh, Hurricanes, and he asked the guy to take a picture of him in the mascot. <laughs> he must have felt like a jerk after yeah. he found out who that was. Actually, I think it might have been Rob. It's going to happen, though. Could have been. Yeah, I know. <laughs> All right. So we've talked about that quite a bit. So just just getting into that, I mean, talking about uh, Carolina with uh, Gardner coming down, which is a huge pickup. Justin Falk just got uh, traded uh, to St. Louis uh, by the Hurricanes on Tuesday um, with a fifth-round pick in the 2020 draft. For Joel Edmondson, Dominic Bach, and a seventh-round pick in the 2021 NHL draft, so that's pretty big. I mean, Fox been down here uh, for a long time. Um, you know, just signed uh, with St. Louis for a seven-year, 45.5 million dollar contract. Um, it looked like uh, the Hurricanes and Waddell didn't want to sign him for a long term. They wanted some young blood in there with Joel Edmondson. Edmondson, Edmondson, <laughs> and uh, they had they were gonna have to sign him with the big contract, and they didn't really want to do that. So, but he's been here. He's been uh, in Carolina here for as the assistant captain. Um, he's had a lot of points on the team. Um, he's you know one of the tougher guys on the team. So to let him go, a lot of fans around here were upset, but. Um, you know, business is business, and, you know, they didn't really want to sign him for what he was looking for, uh, $45 million, and uh, they got some young blood in there, too. So, um, that's big. Yeah. That's big for Carolina. No, it is. I mean, that's a definitely a big hole to fill there for the Hurricanes. Played eight seasons for Carolina, 35 points last year. So, that's pretty good for a defenseman, and, you know, I mean, he, I forget what he had for uh, uh, power play points, but he was right up there on the power play. He uh, commanded that power play, so that's going to be uh, hopefully someone can step up on that. But uh, Yeah, maybe yeah. Gardner. Is, that was big. You know, yeah, that's Gardner. why they didn't sign him. Yeah, that's why they got, you know, two, young, two younger defensemen down here. So. Well, speaking of the, the short-term deals, um, one of the ones we've been talking about quite a bit has finally been inked out in Calgary and uh, Matthew Kachuk, you know, he signed a, a three-year bridge deal, right? So 
he's another one of these young guys coming off his first RFA um, contract is entry level and signing a three-year deal, right? So he's probably hoping on a, a bigger contract in three years from now. Yeah, I mean, dude, dude's going to get paid. He's yeah, getting paid definitely. and he's going to in three years. So He's getting paid now big time and he'll have the same contract for a longer uh, period of time, you know, in three years. So, yeah. I mean – he, he, I think he walked away with it. Twenty-one million dollars, damn, for three years. Yep. Yeah, seven million years. Yep. Not bad. He's in the, in the sevens. Yeah. He is the twenty-one year. He's twenty-one years old, and he's the youngest player in Flames history to reach a hundred points in his first season. So that's pretty big. Um, reach a hundred points in the NHL, um, which is huge. So, I mean, I just think he's. He's that team out there, man. I when you hear the Calgary Flames, I think of Johnny Gaudreau, Matthew Kachuk, um, and Rob. You can look this up quick. Who had the most points out there? I want to say Johnny Gaudreau. Yeah, I think did. he was over a hundred. He um, did. He did. Yes. Yeah. But they also. I think Gaudreau had went over it last week. You can go, you can spit it out, Rob. I think we had what five guys with tons of points out there. Yeah, it was uh, Gaudreau had 99, oh, yeah. Monahan had 82, Lindholm had 78, Kachuk had 77, Giordano had 74. So, you know, wow. there's there's five guys that are in the se- high 70s, mid to high 70s, 80s, and 90s. Not too so bad. They're, like, like I said, they're, they're having some fun out in California. Yeah, and, and Matthew Kachuk, out of all those players, is now the highest paid player on that team at seven million a year which you know yep, you could yep. talk say that's somewhat of a discount these days if you got a guy like uh you know johnny gaudreau 99 points at a six and a half million dollar contract you know his next deal has got to be 10 million plus you know and yeah same with kachuk in three years from now his qualifying offer i'm assuming is going to be around 10 million um, they don't don't quote me on that number, but I'm pretty sure that they're going to have to come in around that number, or he's probably going to be able to look elsewhere. I think it was Doug McLean that said that uh, they're in five years the checks are going to be fifty, you know, fifty million. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised after his three years are up that he doesn't sign a seven eight million dollar or seven eight year contract worth eighty eighty five million dollars. Crazy. No, it's gonna happen. Crazy, but this seems like, like we talked about before, this yeah. seems like the new way to go for these 22-year-old kids. He's, you know, he's only 21, but you know, a lot of these other young RFAs who are 22, 23 years old, they're not signing, except for Clayton Keller, but they're not signing these seven, eight-year deals. I mean, the maximum they can sign, um, if you hold the rights to a player, is eight years, and if you go to a different team, the maximum they can sign is seven years. So, I mean, yeah. You're seeing these bridge deals three, uh, three to five years, sometimes two years. I I would think that the bridge deals seem pretty appealing right now. Um, if you can get a pretty good payday for a three-year burst, and then in three more, you know, in three years, you're going to go back to the table. You've got to figure, you know, what's the life cycle of a player? It's, what, four, five, six years? You're going to get two... Two swings at a negotiating, you know, negotiating a contract. 
So yeah, that works for the owners too. I mean, he's just. It works for both, right? Yeah, yeah if they don't perform yeah, in the next three years, he's just so competitive around. He's just—I like him. I just—he's so competitive around the front of the net, his net front presence, some of the moves he makes out of the corners to dish the puck out. Uh, he's just—and he gets under players' skin. I just like all those. I just like all those, you know, attributes he has. He's just such a good player. Yeah. It makes him a well-rounded Great. player. Yeah. Yeah, and as a, like a coach and a GM, he pretty much has everything you're looking for. Yes. Did you guys see Cami uh, Granado became the first female to become a uh, NHL pro scout? Yeah, she's pretty awesome herself. That's kind of different, but uh, out in Seattle, I guess Seattle is uh, progressive, moving that way. But hey, she, yeah, progressive. She, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't... she won a gold medal in Nagano. I mean, she is. You can put her up there in the top ten of the best uh, um, female hockey players by far. Her yes. brother's Tony Granado, played thirteen NHL seasons, coached Colorado Avalanche. Um, now he's coaching in uh, Wisconsin right now. Um, he actually uh, coached the uh, men's Olympic team in uh, Nagano, or no, not uh, Nagano, um, the last career. So. Seoul, Korea. Oh, so funny, baby. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, on that same point, I mean, I've kind of gone off on tangents on this one. And so they, uh, I think they had four uh, female referees that they were plugging into the AHL to see how they did this year, um, trying to introduce female yeah. referees to the NHL eventually, very soon, actually, depending on, I think, how they do in the HL, but um, uh, I'm up in the air. On that I thought one. they were getting them ready for the women's hockey. What I yeah, I'm up in the air too. What I, I read know. is they were trying to get four female refs ready to ref in the NHL. Is that what you saw, Pat? I did see that. I, I, I also saw that as well, but I, I just figured that they would be getting prepared for you know the women's. Uh, professionally to, if it ever starts up, right? Yeah, it's just, I'm with Mark. I guess, you know, you know, put them out there on the line. Who cares? They can skate. You know, being a linesman isn't that complicated. I mean, there's two of them out there. You just kind of move down. One has to move below the goal line. Um, and then you go back to the far blue line. Go back blue line to blue line. Um yeah, I'm curious. And eventually move it up. I'm curious either. to see like how they're respected by the the players, right? So, um, you know, I'm assuming that they'll treat them with respect, but it, the men don't get treated with respect, right? So, I mean, if you see these guys when they make no. a bad call, they're all, all the refs. I mean, they're not holding back the F-bombs and what they're saying is they're going to the bench. They're letting them fly and telling the refs how they feel. And they're also getting it from the coaches, right? I mean, you see these coaches berating these refs. Um, you know, are they going to feel comfortable screaming yeah. at these females at the you know, same rate that they do to the male refs? You know, so you also have fighting in hockey, um, in the men's hockey and not in the women's. So how are they going to adapt to, to getting in and breaking up the fights? And one of the things is... An a accidental elbow to the Buckies. Yeah. I mean, it happens, right? 
I mean, it was uh, Felino I was watching in the Wild game last week. I mean, he was going crazy trying to get after this guy, and the refs were holding him back. I mean, they had a hit on Dumba. He thought it was a little bit of a cheap Dumba. shot, and he he went nuts, man. He went after this guy, and he was not giving up, and the refs were had to physically pull him off this kid on the, on the ice. So, I mean, shit like that, I don't know if the women can handle that part of the game. I'm sure they can handle skating up and down the ice. We saw in the speed contest, like they can skate and stuff like that, and they can call off sides. But can they deal with the physicality part of, of men's hockey? There's a lot of scrums in front of the net, too, that aren't fights that refs are involved in. So can they handle breaking all that shit up? Can they keep the game under control? That would be my concern. Yeah. That's a valid point. I mean, uh, it's only going to take one time for, uh, you know, a fight to bust out. And one of these girls, you know, females are the first ones there. And, you know, I don't know. Hopefully everything turns out. But, you know, men, I to me, I think males just know, like, how to hold someone out there, you know, or to back up or know when a fight's going to be a fight or, yeah, I don't know. We'll have to see how it happens. I mean, you got you got NFL, NFL uh, referees, and they're doing an okay job. So um, it's a different story, though. There's no fights. I, I I'm with you, Mark. I think everything's fine. They can blow the whistle. You can skate up and down the ice. You can be a referee, but there's fighting. We are the only sport that there's fighting, and sometimes three, six guys on the ice are fighting. Um, so. In, in the job of the referee and the linesman are to break it up. So, you know, you get someone like uh, uh, Ryan Reeves and um, some other tough bastard, Wayne Simmons, and the first person there is a female linesman. Good luck. Yeah. Break no, I up. mean, it, like I said, it's not even the fights. There's a lot of scrums in, in front of the net. You know, all game long that are the refs are going in and they might not be breaking it up. But if you're a player and you're going and somebody comes and you feel them from behind you, you don't know if that's a ref or just another player trying to grab you, right? So if you're throwing an elbow back and you're smacking the ref, you know, the men might take it a little better off the chin than, than a female ref would. But that's going to play itself out, you know. And you're seeing the female commentators on the NFL um you know, you're, you're seeing that in the NHL now. So they've broken into the, the broadcast booths. And, uh, you know, so we'll see. I just had the, uh, I don't yeah. know what it was, 20 or 30th year anniversary. I think it was 1999 when the female goalie played for the uh, Lightning. What's her name? Remember yeah. her name? Winona Romeo. Manon Romeo. Mano Real. Yeah, it was yeah. just Manon like a, Real. the 20th year of that or 30th year of that, probably 30th or yeah. something. I don't know what it was. They're making a movie of that. I want to say Derek had a poster in his room of her. Next uh, to the cat. If you guys remember, she was in, like, in a bikini with her uh, equipment on. Yep. Um, yep. But just getting back to that, yeah, um, Cami Granado joins Ulf Samuelson, Stu Barnes, Dave Hunter, John Goodwin as the pro scouts for the Seattle team, um, which starts their season in 2021-2022. So a uh, couple Stanley Cup uh, champions on that, and then 
Cammy Granado joins it. She's going to be the first um, female Pro Scout. Yeah, I think we're going to see a lot more of it. Seattle. You know, you're going to see it in the front office more. You know, you're seeing them. You see a lot of females on, like, you know, not so much in hockey, but on the sidelines. They're doing a lot of the sideline stuff in the NFL and the NBA. So who knows? Maybe we'll see him between the glass for Pierre Maguire. <laughs> it's a possibility. But uh, yeah, that's that's what's going on there. Uh, we talked about Matt Kachuk, Austin Matthews. Um, I think there's a couple of other signings this week. We haven't Braden heard. Point. Yeah. Braden Point signed. Yeah. Yeah, he, he got less than I thought he was. That's pretty get big. Too. He got a big what contract. Was it? I thought it was less than. Not when I saw. It, I thought it was less than I thought he was going to get. Being the numbers that he put up. You got that right up there, Pete. I mean, he was a stud. The whole team, I mean, that team was, you know, stellar last year. So, I mean, maybe because you're on that team and you have that many points and you win that many games, you're not as a valuable player as if you got those points on a team that lost half their games. Like, I want, I want to say you had the most points uh, in playoffs. He was, he's no slacker. He's one of the better players on the team. But what did he sign for, Rob? What did you say? 20.25 million. So 6.75 a year. It's not bad. No, it's not bad. But, you know, if you, were, if you had that many points and you were playing for Ottawa, I mean, look at Shabbat. What he signed, like a $7, 8000000 million deal a year? Yeah. I mean, what would he sign there? So it just seems... Some of these numbers, I mean, McAvoy signing for 4.7. I, I think thought that was a discount. You know, some of these guys. It are, could have been a little bit yeah. different, too, if they had won. Yeah. Well, I mean, the salary cap, too. So, I mean, they got some players down there. I did see uh, um, Ryan Callahan, is, he moved into the NHL Network uh, studio. He's an analyst now. but done. Uh, He's done in Ottawa? Yeah. But after, you know... Is he done in Ottawa? He went to Ottawa, right? I don't know. It just, yeah, I, I thought he traded there, but he's getting his chance this season and talking about hockey as an analyst as a second career. Well, he's done then. We can't do both. Join the NHL Network as an on-air in-studio analyst. He's under contract with the Ottawa Senators for the final season uh, of his six-year deal. He signed with the Lightning on June uh, 2014, um, but will be on the long-term injured reserve list. His playing career is likely over um, because he has a, a bad back, a degenerative disc disease in the lumbar spine. So he's probably not going to be playing anymore, so he's actually moving uh, to the NHL network um, talking hockey. So... Cool. No, I mean, that's that's great for these NHL guys that they're getting these opportunities. And I know we compare this to other sports quite a bit, um, like the NFL. Look at all the guys that are doing commentating for that. Um, a lot of put, uh, careers that get cut short gives them an opportunity to continue to be in the hockey world and make money at the same time. I mean, look at us. We retired kind of in their mid mid uh, 20s still in 
the hockey business analyst making money doing it yeah i mean spending all that we're money. definitely re- retired especially our beer belly midsection fatigue yeah but uh you know, this love of the passion for the game, and the, the game has grown so much that there's opportunities that people want to listen to us, want to listen to Ryan Callahan talk about hockey, and um, you know, it's great for this. This sport it seems to be evolving at a, a lot faster pace than it has in the past. So, the two expansion teams with Vegas and Seattle coming in—that's two huge markets in the United States picking up more hockey fans. You know, the more that NHL expands to these bigger cities. You know, the more opportunities for everybody, more opportunities for players that aren't that are in the AHL now. Yeah. You know, and more opportunities for these broadcasters and analysts and retired players. And, and the big news that we didn't discuss last week, and just because we were talking about all the RFAs signing and Ma- and McAvoy came on, um, not a big deal. It's just McAvoy, <laughs> but uh, that you know, there's not going to be a. Uh, the collective bargain agreement agreement with the NHLPA. There's not going to be a strike. A lot of players, um, you know, anticipated a strike coming up. I've uh, been putting money away in the savings account um, because they don't get paid during the strike. So um, that kind of was big news last week. Um, but yeah, no strike. I think the last strike was 1994. I want to believe. Yeah, it was terrible for hockey. It took a while to so, rebound from that and get the fans oh, back. Oh, it was awful. And so nobody wants to see a strike. I know the players yeah. want to get more. Um, the owners want to give less. And, you know, that the time's going to come when that CBA is going to be negotiated. But um, as fans, everybody's yep. happy. It will come. No, it's definitely going to happen. The players, you know, come. you talk to some of these players, you know, they'll tell you that, you know, they think the owners are not giving out enough money. Because if you look at it, if you look at the other sports around the four big sports, they're probably the lowest paid out of the four. And um, they started to get Ed these Mark. big TV um, signing rights. Like NBC has more games than they ever have, right? So they're paying the NHL more than they ever have. The owners are getting part of that. I think there's more merchandise sales and stuff like that going on than there ever was. So there's a, a bigger piece of pie that they can pull from than there used to be. In all sports, in all yeah. sports, really. I mean, how many times, like as a kid, we had no sports center. I mean, when we were a little older, they did. But, you know, now you have every network has their own sports channel, right? NBC, Fox, ABC has ESPNs. Um, I mean, they all have these affiliate stations that cover all these games. And there's sports on every day, all day, right? So, you know, things have just changed. And the money factor is huge. Did you find out that last strike, Pete? Yes, uh, 20, 2012 and 2013 lockout. Oh, okay. 20, that was way off. Yeah, and it sucks as a player, too, yeah. especially some of these younger players. You know, just to touch on it briefly, I was involved in a CBA contract in the professional uh, indoor lacrosse league, the NLL, and we had a players' union that negotiated for us. Um, but basically what happens is you sit back on the sidelines and – these the players union negotiates for you right so some of these guys that are you know entry level maybe or the guys at the end of their contract so the entry level guys need the money right they want to play because they don't have money they play maybe one season or something and then you got guys on the other end of the spectrum it might be their last season 
and they're on their way out and they're missing a season because of the contract, right? So the guys that are really pushing for it are these, you know, the guys that are have made some money, can deal with sitting out for a season, have enough time to, you know, give up a season in their career and still have enough time to, to play four or five more years. So it, it's different for every player's situation. Yeah, for sure. Touchy subject. It's it's just it's just gonna it's just gonna you know a lot of the players like I said been uh, tucking away some money and it's just a lot of stress off a lot of the GMs owners uh, fans everyone that there's you know no strikes. yeah and they Other did speed. increase the salary cap a little bit so they did give a little bit there two two mil yeah it's not a huge deal but I'm assuming once they bring the CBA to the table that salary cap is going to go from whatever the two million eighty 80 some million dollars a team i'm sure they're gonna to want to get it up to about a hundred we got uh we got one more two more preseason games and then the nhl season starts finally um excited about that yeah can't wait to get it going and you know the cool thing is next year at this time we will be talking about this seattle whatever their name is going to be Seattle Sea Monkeys. What do you think, Griff? <laughs> Seattle THC. C B D oil. This the Seattle C B D oils. Nice. The Seattle Hempers. <laughs> It'll be something to do with fish or you know how to throw the fish out there. Who knows? It'll probably be something Yeah. My mother in law was just out there and uh she sent me a video of uh the market there where they throw the fish. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. That's what they do out there. Yeah, not too much going on in the NHL. Uh, we're waiting preseason games. I haven't. I actually, you know what? I've been watching a few uh, preseason games. Haven't been really uh, too involved in them. Kind of boring, you know. Coaches, GMs are looking at all players, uh, AHL rookies, whatever they have. Just getting a look at them, but. Uh, there was one team I was pretty impressed by was the New York Rangers uh, playing the Islanders the other night. And uh, Panarin looks really well with Strom. Um, I think I think the Rangers, are. they had their new goalie that was playing that they just drafted. Um, he, looked, he looked okay, actually. He's pretty quick on his feet. And um, I just think, you know, Adam Fox, who was came onto the podcast a few uh, episodes ago when he was at Harvard, um, and then uh, I think he was with Carolina at the time before he got traded to New York. Uh, we talked to him for a little bit, um, but he looked good on the uh, on the blue line, um, one of the stronger blue liners. So, you know, I give the Rangers another two, three years, and I think they might be good. But again. They're playing the Islanders, who the Islanders look pretty good. And then you got the New Jersey Devils across, you know, what is it, the Hudson? Oh, yeah. That uh, yep. the, look pretty yeah, good. Yeah, they're too, over so. in, uh, what are they, in Jersey City now? So. Trenton? Or Newark, Jersey City? maybe. I don't know. Jersey City or Newark? Mm-hmm. I think Jersey City. I think Newark. Is it You're Newark? Right. Yeah. Newark. So. I think. Just a. Rob, just look at touch. <laughs> Something with your life. <laughs> Just to touch on the the Devils, I did catch one of their games actually when they were playing the Rangers, and um, Jack Hughes looked nasty, man. I mean, he's he's the real deal. I was watching him on the power play. 
he had um, some great shots, but he also there was this one play that he was on the on the wing and he faked the shot and slid it across to Simmons on the back post and Simmons just he wasn't ready for it. He thought Hughes was shooting the whole way. He had the whole net to shoot at. It wasn't even like close. All he had to do was just get his stick on it and put it in the net. Totally whiffed. <laughs> Didn't even come close to it. But I mean, have you seen Simmons? Have you seen that guy? Like, his yeah, face? he looks like was he's been on his bender for like three years. Oh, fuck. <laughs> three years. Oh, 10, 15. Like bags under his eyes. It looks like he's fucking on crack or something. Oh, it looks like I'm surprised his lips weren't white. <laughs> Man, he looks old and beat up. Yeah, so. You know, and, and just real quick, I you know, for him looking that way. I mean, how many fights do you think he got in last year? Two? Uh, let's say six. Maybe six. And what, the year before that, maybe ten? Yeah, not that many. So he's got to be up. He's, I'd like to find out. I'm going to find out if he's a boozer, party bag. I bet you he is. Yeah, so who else, another guy that looked good that they picked up was uh, Subban. I mean, he looked good at the point. He was on the power play. I mean, both him and Simmons were on the power play with Jack Hughes. So, and they had Taylor Hall on there as well. So, um, well, I mean, if anyone looks at uh, Subban's Instagram page, um, you know he is a hundred and ten percent committed. He works out non fucking stop. I mean, he's is he engaged? Yeah, he's engaged now to Lindsey Vaughn, who is. You know, hardcore working out too. I mean, there's, I mean, they go to a gym and work out. I think they have personal trainers, and then in their mansion that they live in, they have like a whole weight up, uh, workout room with all kinds of shit. So, and all their uh, Instagram posts are working out. So, he puts a lot of effort into working out. He's hardcore. He's getting up in aids, man, and he still wants to play. And you know. I think he's a hell of a player. I think he's one of the best defensemen in the league. I mean, he's going to give you 110% every night, and he comes ready to play. And and, and he's not like a big, crazy booze bag. I mean, we did hear rumors. I think we've talked about it before. Uh, a lot of teammates don't get along with him. Um, could be a little dicey here and there on the poker games, on the air, airplanes. But, uh, um, I mean, owners and GMs don't give a fuck about that, right? Just – we're talking about once that whistle blows. Yeah, um, I think he's held. Yeah, he's he brings a lot of extra bullshit besides hockey when he comes into an organization. Um, yeah. He's got like his TV production that he does. He's he's like big on social media. Crazy he's outfits. always doing crazy shit um, to promote himself. Shit like Cam Newton. Yeah. So, you know, some people see that and they're just like, you know, think he's a prime time, you know, Deion Sanders type shit, but. Um, you know, he's a hell of a hockey player, and, you know, when you got him on your point in the power play, who else would you rather have ripping the puck from the point than PK? I mean, he's got a laser. Um, he's just, you know, he's a yeah. good defenseman. He can skate the puck up. So I think they're going to be pretty good, the Devils, man. They looked good the other night. I think Jack Hughes is going to contribute right away. I was kind of skeptical on the kid being so young, such a small guy. But then I watched him play, and he's got silky mitts, man, and he was just – you know, he's had I think he's had a goal in that game or he had a couple goals in the game before I mean he was producing too yeah so 
Yeah, he he was definitely producing a goal in each game, and I want to say an assist too. So yeah, he's another yeah. one of those guys on yeah, the power play too, right? So you know, you're talking about some of the other. How many other guys are getting a chance to be on the power play when they're 19 years old, right? So that's helping production. Yeah, for him, that helps. I think I asked Rob last time to find out that how many of Nikita Kucherov's goals were power play goals. We didn't get that response. <laughs> calculating. Did you listen calculating. to the podcast? <laughs> Did you not listen to the podcast? I think it might have been. What I do you didn't. have, 20? I thought that Braden Point had 20. Oh, we got the answer? I didn't get the I might have had too many uh, gin and tonics that night. What was I drinking? Bud Ice? <laughs> Platinum. Crank it up a notch. Platinum. No doubt, boys. Season yeah, starts all the teams days, we've been we've been days. seeing uh, shedding guys to the, the AHL. So I think we talked about it before. Some of these teams were carrying in 55 guys coming into preseason. Um, some teams had already shedded more than that, but now they're they're getting down to their core guys. They got a couple games left, and they want to start getting these rosters at the point where they're ready to go on, on the opening night. So. You're seeing a lot of movement there. We're not going to talk too much about it because some of these guys, you probably don't know who they are. We might not know who they are, but. Um. Yeah, I mean, they've been trimming their roster down. They That last preseason game is pretty much their uh, home opener. I mean, they want to play with that full squad, even the last two. So the next, the, la- the next two preseason games, no matter what team it is, you can pretty much count on uh, that being the uh, roster. There might be two to three guys that uh, – pretty close yeah. Minnie's playing tomorrow right yeah they got uh, Dallas tomorrow Winnipeg on Sunday and then yeah uh, they're in Nashville for the uh, opener of the NHL season okay that's their first regular season for them that's the, the third. yeah Minnesota's got a pretty tough record they're they have one home game their first seven games of the season so um you know, Mark and I know last year we watched, they do better on the road, so it could help them out. It's a whole different team, so who knows. But the Minnesota Wild are on the road for their first uh, seven games of the uh, season. Yep. So, yeah, and they had a big stretch like that last year. Um, it wasn't right at the beginning of the season, but shortly after. Um, maybe it, Tail end. Yeah, middle, tail end. I yeah, and they – they did like the West Coast. Yeah, because it was playoff crunch. They went to the West Coast and came across Canada, and they were. I think they had two yeah. home, two home games out of like twelve or something crazy like that. But the thing was, they were like you said, Pat. They were winning most of their games on the road, so um, you know, didn't really affect them too much. But it is a burden for those guys traveling nonstop and not being at their home barn. You know, that's got to be a, a fatigue on them. Yeah, But we are excited for the the upcoming season, to say the least. We've been waiting all summer for this, and, you know, we've got a little teaser of it in the last couple weeks of preseason here. Um, You know, so it's it's prime time's coming, beginning of October. Um, All you baseball fans will have to tune in in to hockey now that uh, your team's going to be out of the playoffs for baseball. So... I'm excited for baseball playoffs. Good yeah. Players. October's always fun for baseball. Always fun. Yep, so we got a 
I'll be rocking that jersey. <laughs> yeah, so I'll be flipping the channel back and forth between the Yankees games and, you know, some of these NHL games coming up. So, But we did have a... Uh, did have a little NHL news to give you tonight, and we'll have some more next week. We'll have uh, Paul Castron actually had to go to a game tonight and do some scouting. He was going to come on the show, but we're bringing him on next week instead. And uh, so we'll have him coming in from the, we were just talking about the New Jersey Devils. He's one of their head scouts down there. Uh, give us a little perspective on all the new talent coming into New Jersey. So don't miss out next week's podcast. It's going to be a good one. Um, in the meantime, you can check us out on our our Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, BlueLineHockeyClub.com for all of our episodes, our past episodes. We've got 74 episodes and a lot of good ones to catch up on if you haven't listened to them yet. So get on BlueLineHockeyClub.com. And uh, we'll we'll have Paul Castron on next week, so tune in. Until next week, folks, keep your stick on the ice. See ya! See ya! Oh, doctor. Meow. Keep your head up.